I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Mark. Hi, Liz. It is January, and I've got a window open in the house, mm. and we're both wearing short sleeves. Yes. This is a beautiful, glorious day. It sure is. Oh, my God. I'm After so grateful. Cold, it was cold last week. Oh, my God. I had to bring plants in. It I got know. to like 20-something mm-hmm. degrees. Oh, and I took the kids to Charlotte, North Carolina, yes. to see Ben Schwartz. Mm-hmm. If y'all don't know who Ben Schwartz is, run to your Netflix account right now and watch the Middle Ditch and Schwartz improv special. Oh. I've never laughed so hard in my life. Really? And Ben Schwartz tours the country with other actors and they do long form improv. Cool. So basically they'll ask the audience member like mm-hmm. one question. They'll kind of talk to him for a few minutes and then they'll do 45 minutes wow. based on that one guy's wow. story. And it's so funny. So it's more than one person? Yes. It's it's usually Ben and one or up to three other actors. It's like whose line is it anyway? Yes, but yeah. it's long form. Yeah, right. So it's a whole yeah. play. It's a cool. whole. Uh, was it good? It uh, I, There was one point when I was laughing so hard I thought I was going to throw up. Cool. Excellent. (laughs) It was good. good. But it was 16 degrees up there in Charlotte. What? So when we came out of that theater, us little South Carolina people had never been so cold. And that's just a state away. But before we get into today's episode, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Kat and how Kat had run off at 1.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. to get married. And I am in contact with her daughter. And she sent me the articles that her mom had saved. And it turns out that in the article that we read, they talked about how they went to um, like a spring for a honeymoon. Mm -hmm. But they ended up not actually doing that because the night they decided to get married, they were dancing at the rendezvous. So there's another rendezvous. And they decided at the spur of the moment, like, I love you. I love you, too. Let's just do it. Let's go get married right now. And so Ivan had to go to the bar and write a check for some cash because they had no money. And all the rendezvous had cash on hand to give them was $8. (laughs) (laughs) So all they could afford to do was go find a justice of the peace, Uh pay him, and then get a hotel room just 
down the right street. Right there? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in, it was, I think it was in Jackson. I don't think it was okay. in the Twin Cities. But the hotel they stayed uh-huh. at was the Hotel Marquette. Okay. And for their 60th wedding anniversary, their daughter had a like an old-fashioned hotel keychain hmm. made for them that looked like, you know, those, those triangular ones we used to get at motels. Do you remember? That, like... It was a keychain. It was a keychain with a little key on it, and it would have the hotel name and the room number on it. Yes, I do remember. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Leave your keychain in someone's drink at a a bar. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that was really cute. So they didn't actually get the honeymoon they wanted because they only got eight bucks from the rendezvous. But can you imagine you're just dancing, having a good time, like, let's do it? A lot of people do that. Well, and they stayed married from what I uh, sixty some odd years. Yeah, yeah. They called each other each other's best friend. Oh, and every picture that I have of them that I've either put on the Patreon or that I will put on the Patreon, it's like she's giggling hmm. in every picture. He's hmm. looking very handsome and stoic, mm-hmm. and she's always like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> so she must have been like a, it's like a, like a moth and a flame, you know, her Aww. just him just dancing around her beautiful Aww. flame. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll just get right into today's okay. episode. Welcome to my grandma's diaries. G'day, I'm Joanna from the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Okay, so let's recap episode 31. Well, 1936 ended on a bang with Jack and Elizabeth really being in love with each other. And they're actually saying it to each other. And they're talking about getting married, which is really cool. Elizabeth made an accounting of how much money she made during the year. And she made $105, which I guess is pretty good for back then. Unfortunately, a lot of that went to helping the family because once again, dad lost his job. That He lost the job that they moved tomorrow. Marble Hill for in the first place. How long were they there before he lost it? um, I mean, it was short, right? It was right after she graduated from high school. So like a year, year and a half. Yeah. Not even, yeah, it was maybe a year. And that's why they moved to Marble Hill? Because he had this new railroad job and now he's lost that job. Yeah, right. That's right. But it wasn't too long before he got another contract from the Potosi Tie and Mm -hmm. Lumber Company. So he's having to drive and travel a lot and Mm -hmm. they're not sure if they're going to get to stay in Marble Hill. So that's kind of scary. But, you know, things are looking better for the Hartzell family in 1937. January 1st, 1937. Happy New Year, dear diary. I started it off with a bang. I came home from the office and went to bed. Had to work at 10. Gee, I felt so bad. My cold is worse than ever. Grace came up a little before and came home with me when I got off. She talked all afternoon to Francis Dean and me. A man from the telephone company came up and took my picture on the front porch. It's for the news. I went to work at five. Francis came up tonight. We drank Cokes and finished a jigsaw puzzle Mrs. Cobb had started. Jack and I talked over the New Year's occurrences last night. He's so sweet, and I do love him so much. So at first I thought this was the picture that we have. Yeah, but it's outside. But it says on the front porch. So how many times did she get her picture taken in the telephone office? Pretty girl. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out. But I'm highlighted in our notes that they finished a jigsaw puzzle Mrs. Cobb had started. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that would have, if I were Mrs. Cobb and Mm -hmm. I came back into work and saw my puzzle was done, (laughs) I would have lost my mind. Right, right. right. (laughs) My mom in her old age used to do puzzles Mm -hmm. because she was kind of homebound. And when she would take a nap and her nurse would finish the puzzle she'd be like elizabeth <laughs> that woman <laughs> 
finish my puzzle. That's so yeah, I was is. always like, take a picture of it, ladies, and then just pull the pieces back out so that mom can finish her damn puzzle. <laughs> Seriously. She has very little to look forward to every day. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. January 3rd, 1937. Came home at 8, had breakfast, bathed, and went to Sunday school. Stayed for church with Jack. I couldn't sing. I'm so hoarse. Jack and I rode home with Charles. He ate dinner with me, sat with the folks until time for the show, and went. Jack and I rode around afterward. He wanted me to go to Illinois and get married. I will not run off. (laughs) After I had supper, he took me to work. Came down tonight after church. What's in the water? Speaking of running off, Illinois. Seriously. I mean, it's Illinois. Cool. Isn't that? It's above. It's right above. I it's think. like a two hour drive. I think. Oh, I, I think that? I looked it up. Okay. It's not too far. Not bad. Okay. But what in the world? What is this? <laughs> I don't understand the mentality of these the Twin Cities here. That's weird. Yeah. I know. It's, Get... kind, of, it's kind of crazy. One thing. Charles is his brother. And Charles married a woman named Dixie. And Kat's daughter is good friends with Dixie. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go get Dixie to do an opening for like, Welcome to My Grandma's Diaries. Yay. And I asked her if she could just record Dixie telling a good memory uh-huh. of her and her friendship with Elizabeth that I thought that would be fun. Why, yeah, why what what like is, is, is she going to do it? Yeah. Well, she said she would. I mean, she lives right there. Oh, I know. Yeah. They see each other a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? Dixie was very good friends with Betty. Yes. I think that's, yeah, I love that. And so, and how old is she? 96. Dixie. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> she's she's doing great for 96 and 94. Y- yes. Oh, Dixie, my gosh. I might be wrong about your age, but, um, but does, yes. Does she, she listen? Very, I think. I don't know. Her son does. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. January 5th, 1937. Mother and I talked all morning about my marrying Jack and things concerning it. Worked from 11 till 1. Came home. Rested afterwards. Played the piano a while. Went to work at 5. Worked on my puzzle. It's awfully hard. Jack came down at 7. I knew something was wrong when he came in. He said there's been trouble at the store. He was worried and tired. He'll tell me about the trouble later, he said. Oh, trouble at the Drama. store. I know, it's some tea. We'll get some tea. But in the meantime, until we find out that tea, we do have some Nazi news. Okay. On January 5th of 1937, Nazi Germany recommended its artist depict at least four children in illustrations of German families. The Hitler Youth uh, trying to indoctrinate them young? No, I think Wait, it's what's... more like trying to encourage people to have lots of babies. <gasps> oh. As a matter of fact, there was a medal a woman would get called the Mutter's Cross, which was yeah. the Mother's Cross. And for every child you got, you, the, the government would send you a, a pin to wear <laughs> so you could proudly wear all because they were just trying if to you create. you had 10 kids, you had 10 pins and mm-hmm, they were mm-hmm. trying to create a society of of little Aryan little children, of little, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could would have disposable people if the war went on and on and on, uh, or for future military greatness when they had to send soldiers to all over the mm. countries they were going to conquer. Have babies. This is a big plan. So you got to make babies for it. Make little Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that anymore. No, let's be <clears> done with let, that. Yeah, let's be done. January sixth, nineteen thirty-seven. Went to work at four because Mrs. Cobb isn't feeling very good. Didn't have any supper. Jack came by with Catherine. Took Francis and me to the show. It was pennies from heaven with Bing Crosby and Madge Evans. Society. 
We took the girls home and then went up to the college hill and listened to the Lucky Strike program. I got mad at the way he acted. Who, Jack? I guess. Mm -hmm. No details there. But I love the Lucky Strike program, like a radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does she say Society? I guess that's the name of the movie. It was Pennies from Heaven. Oh, that's right. Maybe it was about society. I don't know why she wrote that, but I thought it was just cute. Society. Yeah. I I think she means, you know, here we are in society, whatever that. I want to see that uh, movie. I haven't seen Pennies from Heaven. I don't think I have ever seen a Bing Crosby movie, including White Christmas. Really? I don't think well, I've Well, you ever... need to watch that. Do I? Yeah. Really? I mean, just just because. Oh, just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's I, not I my guess favorite, I should. but... Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I wait too long and then the veil, the window has closed I think that, yeah. to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like um, Blazing Saddles. Oh, I love that movie. I know. I know. Most men I know do. <laughs> and I've never seen it. And now oh. I think I'm oh. too old to watch it and take myself back to that humor... That I don't necessarily appreciate to begin with. Well, I, I don't, don't like potty it. humor. Yeah, there's you know. a little bit of that. I'm, but a, I'm it's a little. Funny. I, I don't want to say I'm highbrow because I'm not. Because I love airplane movie okay. and I love The Naked Gun. I mean, yeah. I laugh until yeah, I yeah. cry. And I love Pee Wee Herman. But there's something about Blazing Saddles that I don't think I'm going to like it. Hmm. And I think going in with that attitude, no need to up. see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. I, that's what I hear. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe maybe it. one day. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a white Christmas blazing saddle Do double it. feature. <laughs> You'll probably fall asleep within 10 minutes. <laughs> Next rainy day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> January 7th, 1937. Came home and went to bed after breakfast. There was a storm last night and I didn't get to sleep much. I worked because Mrs. Cobb is sick. Jack came up for about an hour He told me the trouble he'd been having at the store. It's Mrs. Mayfield. She's been taking money. He had to go up to Fred's and work on some books. Oh, I know. Now, in episode 29, there was an entry where he went to St. Louis with Mrs. Mayfield. Yeah. And we were like, why is this young boy running off with this random married woman? Right. (laughs) Because she was an employee. Right. And I guess they had store business. And I believe this woman was Medulla Mayfield. She was actually a Welker. And we know the Welkers because of Grace Welker. Mm -hmm. But she's not a sister. She might be a cousin or something. I couldn't find how they were Uh related. But Mrs. Mayfield was born in 1911. And she was one of nine children. She she married uh, right before she got her job at Hopkins. So she's a newlywed when she's heading off to St. Louis. And her husband, Melvin, was a farmer before they got married. So I can imagine times were hard mm-hmm. for this farmer and his new bride <coughs> mm-hmm. during the Depression. They have a daughter right off the bat. And in this entry, Mrs. Mayfield would be pregnant. Oh, oh, so perhaps they're really worried about a second mouth to feed. Sure. Right? She lives in Aww. Marble Hill her entire life and she dies in 1988. So I wonder if the twins Twins knew uh, Mrs. Mayfield. Uh, we need to ask the I twins. I mean, she died in 1988, yeah, I so bet I, bet you, I bet you they did. She stole money. And what I know from the twins, you know, because we're so lucky to have a resource of people Absolutely. who grew up in Marble Hill, the Hopkins were a very benevolent family. Mm-hmm. And if you were on hard times, the Hopkins family had a reputation for taking care of you. Didn't matter what color you were, didn't matter what po- point in your life you were at, they were good people. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine it's tearing Jack up because mm-hmm. he probably doesn't want to fire her, right. he but he's got a deal with, hey, Mrs. Mayfield, we know this is the best we can do for you, but how about Uh, take this extra sack of flour home? Who knows what they did? Yeah, right. But I just feel like his family would have been empathetic for what she was going on. Mm. And then, you know, back then, your reputation was so 
important. So a little scandal like this, mm-hmm. I just wonder how they handled it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the twins know this story. Who knows? January 9th, 1937. There was ice on the ground and everywhere this morning. I didn't get to sleep much last night as I had a call every hour. The highwaymen were all anxious about the roads. Went to bed after breakfast but didn't sleep because the kids made so much noise. Went to work at 11, worked until 2 to make up for last night. Came home and rested before 5. Jack called and came down about 7. We had a good talk about everything in general. I love him, and I know he loves me. I do wish Dad could get some work. Yeah, so, okay, we even started this episode. I thought he had gotten a con. Well, he had. He'd gotten a contract. And I remember now from that entry, she said, I hope it works out, or I hope he's happy with it, or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like he got an offer. And maybe he turned it down. Oh, why would he? Mm. Because it's not paying enough and he might have to move and travel a lot. And Bess is like, no, no, you know, Elizabeth's working now. Mm. Maybe they're, I know Francis is working. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're keeping the household going Mm -hmm. and they don't want their dad off for like that time he was gone for six to eight weeks. Yeah. That's hard on the family. Sure. And they need his help, you know, with Leon and everything else. Mm, True. So, but anyway. Seven people in that family. I just can't get over that. Dad's back out of work. (sighs) God. January 11th, 1937. Didn't do much of anything this morning but clean up the house a little. I had the blues terribly bad, and I have decided it's best for me not to marry Jack. What happened? So on the 9th... Wait a minute. She you, loved him on the 11th. Uh, yes. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand it. It's well, just I in her DNA. Would, I just wish she would be more clear. Right. Like, oh, he's still drinking. Or, right. Oh, something. he's, you know... Not mature enough. Something. Right. Give us something, girl. <laughs> That's okay. Here we go again. <laughs> January 14th, 1937. Had to get up at four this morning because the creek was overflowing and everyone on the banks was having to move. I just got up and read between calls. Came home at seven and got breakfast. Went to work at five. Jack came about 6.30. I was rather busy for a while. The creek's gone down and everyone got settled. After Jack left, about 10.15, I read a while. I do love him, and I know he loves me, but I have such crazy ideas these days. I don't know what makes me, though. Mm. And neither do we. Seriously. But hey, so that's, that's Crooked Creek rising. Yeah. And in the Twinter view, they talked about how the creek would rise, go into their basement. Yes. I'm kind of surprised that Elizabeth was like, do we need a house this close to this creek? Because I seem to remember it overflowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> true, true, true. Hey, just recently, my son was looking at this really cute like condo to buy yeah. up on Highway 61 by the uh-huh. Ashley River. Yep. And when I looked at it, I'm like, no, it's too close to the Ashley River. Uh, it's time. Yes. It's just don't. The, why? That's you why right. that really cute condo is still for sale. It's yep. ground floor. No way. You couldn't pay. You couldn't give it to me because right. you couldn't get insurance on it. Yeah, right. We live in the low country and yeah. we're low to the ground. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse. Yes, it is. So, don't get me started. I know. Poor Aiden. January 16th, 1937. Went to work at 5. Max and my picture is in the telephone news. I don't know when we'll get ours. Jack came up to the house and got my chest he gave me for Christmas. He's going to send it back and exchange it. A little piece had broken off. He came up tonight after the store had closed. Leon came up before he did. Jack stayed until almost 10.30 and got mad when I told him it was time for him to leave. He said he wasn't going home. 
January 17, 1937. As I was coming back home at 8, Jack backed out of his driveway and brought me home. He was afraid I was mad. Went to Sunday school. He was there, but I didn't even look at him. Went to, <laughs> went to work at 11. Jack came by and asked me to go to the show. I told him I wouldn't go unless he told me where he went last night. He said he just went home. He and Catherine came by for me a little after two. Okay, well, I Grandma. guess she got over it. <laughs> Grandma, what's up? I don't know. She wouldn't even look at him. I know. <laughs> oh, and... It's just like every it changes day by day. With I her. mean, they're just it so really, hot and cold. It's like a it's, it's like a wild. love love hate love 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 hate love. Yeah, tumultuous and it's then calm. Crazy. And then, yeah, it is snip snap. Oh, gosh, and then I have an on this day mm-hmm. on January twentieth of nineteen thirty seven, the second inauguration of Franklin D Roosevelt was held. It was to it was the first one to ever be on January twentieth, as per the twentieth oh. amendment to the United States Constitution, instead of March fourth. So in the best known line of Roosevelt's second inauguration speech, he said, I see one third of a nation ill housed, ill clad and ill nourished. Wow. Yeah, that's true. So his was the first one. That's uh, the 20th, you mean? Yeah. 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 And I knew that they had changed it because I remember the last thing and everyone's like, look out, March 4th is going (laughs) to be the real one. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) there's an amendment. There can't be. How many times can people be proven wrong? (laughs) It's the truth. Um, But yeah, so Mm -hmm. there are a lot of there are a lot of firsts in his administration. I mean, a lot. But interesting ones like changing Thanksgiving and changing the inauguration date are like just little things. But they were in his uh, term. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Now, March 4th is quite a far way away from January 20th, though. So we didn't have, I mean, I wonder why know? they used to wait so long. I, yeah, right. I can't, right. I don't know. I'm sure there's a good reason. And I'm, I'm sure. sure there was a good reason to change it. But yeah. I can't imagine what that was. That they had well, to make an amendment to the Constitution. You know, this is so important. Anyway. There must be a reason. There's, yeah. I should have looked it up, but it doesn't matter. Hello. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, wait, I know why. It's because the elections are always in November and it they cut short how long the lame duck session was because nothing happened from November to March. So how about let nothing happen from just November till January? January 27th, 1937. Came home at five from work and rested a while. Ate supper and rolled up my hair. Wrote to Riva and played duets with Francis. Had to go to work at nine. Walked down alone. It was so pretty, and the moon was shining on the snow everywhere. The other night, when Jack and I were coming home from Claire's, he said he wished we had a little home of our own to go to, instead of him taking me to one and him back to another. He's so sweet. January 28, 1937. Went to work. Jack had called and came about eight. Leon came up a few minutes. Jack made me real mad tonight. I don't like the way he acts sometimes, and he left without kissing me goodnight. January 29th, 1937. Went to work at 5. About 7, Jack came up without any warning. I kind of thought he would, though. He asked if he could take his coat off, and I said yes if he wanted to twiddle his thumbs. He took it off. I wouldn't let him kiss me, and he got mad. Left about 8.30, and he was mad. I went to bed at 9.30. I don't know if I love him. <laughs> she playing the game. I don't, I, I, I just don't, she, when she says he, you know, he acts 
sometimes. Like maybe he just is acting immature. Right. He's 20. Right. And he's acting like a dumb boy. Right. That's and he's right. saying dumb boy things. So, yeah. And she reads so much and she wants this She's sophisticated romance. Right. And he's just a kid still. <laughs> Cut him some slack. But she wouldn't let him kiss her. That's oh. funny. And then he got mad. I bet he did get mad. They've been talking about they running off to I Illinois know, and got right? married, and now she won't give him a little smooch? Well, she maybe was, he deserved it. <clears throat> you know, yeah, right? If we had details. <laughs> February 1st, 1937. Mother and I had a long talk. She told me if I loved Jack, not to let anyone else stand in my way. Worked from 11 till 1, came home and slept all afternoon, went to work at 5. Leon came up a while, I don't feel so hot. In fact, I feel very bad. It can't be helped, though. I hope Dad can get work. I'm wondering if she doesn't feel so hot. Like, is she getting sick or is she feeling bad about Jack? Woman it stuff, always may, Could be. Yeah. But it always seems that whenever she and Jack have a little tiff, she catches a cold or she doesn't feel well. I've been picking up hmm. on this pattern and I'm a little ahead and I see it in the future as well. When something isn't going huh. right in her life, she just catches, she manifests a cold. She manifests it, yeah. Yeah, she makes oh, herself weird. sick. Okay. Like literally. I, I can empathize with that. I know. Worrying. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And then dad needs some work. February 3rd, 1937. Went to work at 5 after cleaning up good. Was talking to Zelda, the advance operator, and Mrs. Cobb came up and tried to discourage me again about marriage. Zelda told me all about her romance, how she was almost married to a divorced man. I do wish Dad could begin to make a little something, enough to pay the bills at least. Oh, now she's throwing some shade at Dad. Dad. But I did find Zelda. Zelda Zimmer was born on July 15th of 1915, and she lived until March of 2004 at the ripe age of 88. Her husband was named Adolf Morstadt, which is an unfortunate name for that era. (laughs) And he was a farmer. Zelda was working as a telephone operator at the same time her father, Edward, was the telephone operator in advance. So she she and her dad were working together, which is kind of cool. In the 1950s, she becomes a librarian. So her and Elizabeth Mm -hmm. life have a little parallel of like telephone operator to library work isn't that neat so that is miss zelda Mm -hmm. february 4th 1937 this afternoon i played the piano and sat around went to work at five read until jack came leon came up to make out the reports and stayed a while jack still tells me he loves me and i know he does But I haven't told him that I love him for a while because I'm still not so tickled about the way he does sometime. So she's back to saying thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I love you. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Bless her heart. February 5th, 1937. Mother and I saw a girl in overalls pass and looked like a description I had heard of a runaway. We were quite alarmed for a few minutes. Went to work at five. Leon came up. I rolled my hair. After he left, I did all my work and went to bed. Did all my work so I could sleep longer in the morning. Smart girl. (laughs) (laughs) February 6, 1937. Went to work. Jack called and then came up. He stayed until almost 11. We had a big, long talk. I certainly think lots of him. February 13th, 1937. Jack didn't come up until after 8, and I was beginning to think he wasn't coming. He brought me some Hershey kisses. I guess they were my valentine. That's all I've received. 
February 14, 1937. Came home at 8 and after breakfast dried the dishes and bathed. Started to Sunday school with the girls and rode with Jack and Charles. Went to work at 11. Jack called and said he'd be by to go to the show. We went to see Gene Arthur and Gary Cooper in The Plainsman. It was good, but he died in the end. Jack brought me home. I just barely had time to eat before he took me to the office at 5. Read magazines. Francis came up, and we talked until Jack came. Francis left about 8.30, and Jack stayed longer, of course. He told me he loved me lots. February 25th, 1937. Came home from work, and Mother told me Dad has a job. Mr. St. John came down and gave him work. After supper, we all talked together. We may have to move to Poplar Bluff. Oy. Yeah, so gosh, there was a lot in there, but yeah. it looks like she and Jack are kind of making up, mm-hmm. which is very cute. Something Just else. in time to move, though. I, that's exactly Yikes. right. That's the unfortunate thing. Just now when things, it's like, <laughs> I know, isn't that awful? But yeah, so here we go. February 29th, 1937. There isn't a day like this for this year, but I have plenty to say. Dad has a job with the Potosi Tie and Lumber Company, and they say it's permanent if they are satisfied. Tuesday, he will go to Piedmont after a car to use. I'm so glad he has work. They may ask us to move to Poplar Bluff, but we won't before school is out in May. So that gives her some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was born in Potosi, by the way. I know. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, but it's like the Potosi Tie and Lumber Company, but you have to go live in Marble Mar- Hill. But I guess you just Poplar go. Bluff. Oh, excuse me, yeah. Poplar Bluff. Yeah, you go where the trains are. So. Yes. Poplar Bluff is a much bigger city. So I can imagine even the thought of that is like, oh, my God, yeah. it's kind of a big Going city to compared to where urban. they are now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. March 1st, 1937. Went to work from 11 to 1. Let me see now. What did I do this afternoon? I know I spent a lot of it sleeping. I also pieced some on my quilt. I'm putting the last row on now. Went to work at five. Frances came up and seemed so discouraged. She doesn't know when her check will come. She borrowed from Mr. Lamar. Dean came up tonight and I helped her write a book report. I will get the day off tomorrow. I guess I will be glad. So this Mr. Lamar, Mm -hmm. I found him. He was born in Iowa in 1902, but by 1910, his parents and six siblings will move to Missouri. He ends up being a farm agent for Bollinger County after he graduates from the University of Missouri, and he'll marry and have a couple of kids. So Francis, we know, is working as a secretary. It must have been his secretary, but that's a isn't that a government job? I'm surprised their paychecks weren't on time. Wait, so what, maybe, were the, what was she doing again? She was the secretary for the farm agent for Bollinger County. Hmm. So that sounds that like, a sound like a county job. job. So sure. why yeah. isn't she getting her well, money? Maybe because it was the they didn't have it. Maybe I mean, there was a government shutdown and <laughs> people were getting paid. <laughs> Unless she was working as like a local hire and not like a government job. Maybe it, maybe that's kind of, it. Yeah. But poor Mr. Hmm. Lamar had to loan her money, but yeah. she was so cute and pretty. March 2nd, 1937. Glenda called and wanted me to go to court with her. I got ready and went by for her, and we got there in time for recess, so we went to Allen's and listened to the nickel machine and drank a Coke. Max went to the court with us. We heard a little of a housing case. I left at 11 and went to work at 1. Got the check from Mrs. Cobb, and I paid some bills. 
rode home with Dad and Leon in the new car. Jack called and asked me to go to a show, but I didn't. I got sick and cried a long time. So here she is getting sick again. Mm -hmm. But is it because of Jack or because mm-hmm. of the move? Probably a little of both. Both. She was worrying She's herself. Worrying. To uh-huh. What's a nickel machine? A uh, jukebox? jukebox? Cool. Yeah, when it was a nickel. Cool. What, do you remember playing a jukebox? Oh, of course. Do you know how much it cost? It was 25 cents. I think it was 25 cents, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So, but you got two songs, probably, I, for 25 we? cents. Right? Yeah, I think yeah. we did. Yeah, I don't know. The last time I even saw a jukebox was in the Waffle House. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Waffle House, they're still there. Yeah, and you there. know, the Jonas Brothers have a new Waffle House song. Oh, I did uh, not know It's just know about that. being at the Waffle House. It's a great song. And it's a great Oh, restaurant. I wish I could play a little clip. Oh, I love the Waffle House. I love House. the Waffle House, too. Are you kidding me? And when my kids were little, like yeah. when they would be finicky and not like one to eat yeah. waffle house Grits, i know i eggs, took your some kids bacon. to the waffle you did. house and Tr- troy was very upset because they don't have fried food at the waffle oh, house he wanted like what chicken nuggets chicken or something nuggets. what an and idiot he's there. at the waffle house he was like i don't know five or something yeah 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 anyway. yeah he knew restaurants meant chicken fingers that's kind of well, that's yeah. what he had in mind and i felt so bad because they didn't he, he almost cried <laughs> And I don't have kids. I don't know they cry like that at stuff like that, but they do. Troy is 17 now, and he might still cry if he doesn't get a chicken finger. (laughs) I need to to take him back to the Waffle House now. When when he would appreciate it and not care about chicken. But you know, they've changed their menu. They've made it much smaller. Oh, no. Like, it's kind of limited. Mm. It's like a certain... You used to be able to get all kinds of stuff. Not as much now. Okay. So, But it's still just as good. Yeah, I love it. I love it. This is Jeannie. From Idaho Falls, Idaho, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. March third, nineteen thirty-seven. Dad left for Poplar Bluff and his new territory this morning. Didn't do much here because I didn't feel good as I went to work at 11. I went by and got some material for my quilt. Jack said we'd go to the show tonight and then changed his mind and said tomorrow. I wanted to go tonight, so I went and asked Max to go. As I was coming home at 1, Jack picked me up and I told him I was going tonight. He wanted to go, so I said okay. Went to work at 3. Mrs. Cobb came at 7. Jack came and we walked to the show. We went to Allen's after. March 4th, 1937. Worked on my quilt practically all afternoon. Little by little, I'm getting it done. Went to work at 5, and Frances came a little while after. She got me some water. Leon came down about 8, and he left a little before 9, and I retired. I don't feel so hot. We may move to Poplar Bluff after school is out. I just wonder what will happen. 
Yeah, I bet she does. Yeah, I right. mean, she's Her, left so a lot of boys. Tumultuous. Yeah, she has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because I guess her, I think her big, or her only real big love before this love was Tommy. Bill. Oh, Bill Terrell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because she, when she moved to Step yeah. Rock, she and Bill wrote, right. and then when she came back, they picked up where they left off, but things didn't go so well. But she had a big torch for backburner Bill and Bell yeah, for did. a long time. That's right. And I think she's worried about what Jack will do. Poplar Bluff is about a two-hour drive. Okay. So it's it's enough of a distance in those days. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's a, a lot. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. March 7th, 1937. Went to work at 1 and worked until 5. Francis came down a little before 5. Max came to work early, and Francis and I went riding a while. Ate supper. I went back to work at 6. Jack called and said he'd just got back. He said he'd bring up a radio. He brought it a few minutes. Francis came down to hear it before going to church. Jack came back about seven, and we listened to the radio. He said he went to a dance last night. I thought he drank. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, rumors. That must be mm. a rumor. Because mm-hmm. how would she know? Right. But he said he went to a dance. He doesn't even dance. So I bet that's why he she thought he drink. was drinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a smart lady. March 8th, 1937. Before going to work at five, I asked Peg to work so I could go to the show. She came up at seven. Jack came, and we went to the show with Charles and his mother. He didn't stay. I thought that was a weird entry. Mm-hmm. Well, not that they went to the show with Charles and his mom, because mm-hmm. they do that a lot. But um, he, then he just didn't stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, things just, I don't know. I feel like he's pulling apart a little now, pulling away. He might be, yeah. Because of this. But we do have um, some news. On March 9th of 1937, Heinrich Himmler ordered the arrest of, quote, professional criminals who had committed two or more crimes, but were now free after serving their sentences. So Ew. people who had done, Re-arrested. like, say you'd gotten busted shoplifting twice, mm-hmm. you served your time, you're out. Now you're going to get rearrested because you're considered a professional criminal. Okay. And over the next few days, some 2,000 people were arrested without charges and sent to concentration camps. I I I just can't even. I mean, can you imagine? Like, what if you stole them when you were like a kid and you were desperate? It was the depression there, too. Right. And you're just like, do, 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 walking down the street. And now you're making little rocks out of big rocks. That's, mm mm-hmm. Anyway, also on this day, better news, on this day, President Roosevelt had a fireside chat on the Mm -hmm. radio talking about his judicial reform ideas. And basically, he was trying to do what everyone thought was going to happen in this administration. They thought he was going to stack the courts by adding more judges. Mm -hmm. And he had an interesting idea of how he wanted to do it, because he basically said that for any justice that had reached the age of 70 Mm -hmm. and didn't voluntarily retire, Mm -hmm. he would add another younger justice oh what a great idea i don't think that's a bad idea i don't either i think we get as uh, i i mean just older people that i know you get real set in your ways right. <laughs> and it's nice to have the younger generation come in and it's still the law right it's still the constitution but just to have to be able to debate in a way that's like well that's how my yes. parents did it and my parents did it and it doesn't leave a, a, a vacuum in the court. I mean, we've had Justice Scalia die yeah. and um, oh, Ruth Bader right. Ginsburg. That's an even better point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just out of the blue. And then, of course, they didn't appoint a new one for forever. Whatever. Right. Yes. I know. Yeah, I know. So isn't that interesting? Very. Well, anyway, it yeah. failed.
world, obviously. At, at the time that he was talking about it, there were six justices who were over 70. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And, well, that might be close to that. De- no, they're young. There's, There's some, some young there ones. There are some young ones. Sotomayor and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. all the new ones. Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're relatively young. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I don't like old politicians or old judges. I mean, you can't be a cop after a certain age. I, I mean, it's, it's judgment. It's mm-hmm. thinking. I mean, go home. Take care of your grandchildren. Right. So write a book. Do a mm-hmm. speaking tour. You'll probably make more money. Mm-hmm. But it's also experience, though. So, you you know, well, some it, of these, have, you yeah, know, well, they I have mean, I think good experience. I, I agree. And yeah. I think when you vet your next one, they'll have the experience you're looking for. There I are a lot of 50, 60 year olds. Absolutely. Anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Back to grandma. Yes. <laughs> March 13th, 1937. Came home at seven and did the usual things this morning. They had a track meet down at the school. It's so cold they couldn't run. Dean placed third with her reading. Worked from 11 to 1. Jack came by with his mother, Catherine and David. We went to the show. It was Sea Spoilers with John Wayne and some crazy looking blonde. We took the folks home and Jack went down to the office a little while afterwards. Dad traded his gun on a radio. Francis and I are going to pay the rest. It's a cute little white one. Hmm. Okay, there's so much. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love how it was so cold they couldn't do the track meet, but Smart mm-hmm. Dean, who does not run but reads, got to do her competition. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, here, here for, for reading. And then they went to see this movie. Well, before we get into the movie, yeah. Dad traded his gun right. for a radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, how expensive were Weird. radios? Well, but I love this. Let, let's do a guns for radios <laughs> <laughs> today. I don't know if we'd be given a lot of radios away if that uh, was today. Yes. Now, she worked from 11 to 1. That's only mm-hmm. two hours. Sometimes she covers the lunch break. So the for hour, somebody else? Mm-hmm. And I yeah, because the, the phones have to be covered 24-7. I know, right. I didn't know if that was 11 p.m. to, mm. I mean, it's not, right? It's yeah. just like lunch, No, right. she had worked the overnight shift, and so now she's covering Got the it. lunch break. And she might, did she cover the dinner breaks on these? Sometimes she'll do mm-hmm. that, too. She works a lot. Mm-hmm. She she always knows the name of the actors. Mm-hmm. Why she just put some crazy-looking blonde. Who was I have it? A, her name know? was Nan Gray. Oh. I have her picture right here. She's, she's beautiful. beautiful. She's not crazy-looking. Well, Maybe she, she was a very enough. good actor and yeah. was acting like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. But I was curious about her. She was born mm-hmm. in... In Houston, Texas in 1918. She was the same age as Elizabeth. Yeah, right. And, and when she was 16 years old, she and her mother went to Hollywood for a, va- a vacation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know people were taking vacations. To Hollywood. In the 1930s. Yeah, who right. had that kind of money. Yeah. But they did. And she was kind of, she was one of those seen on the street girls mm-hmm. who was asked to take a screen test. Mm. And she got a nice little career in the movies out of it. Mm-hmm. In 1960, she invented a compact mirror for nearsighted people. Oh. So if you want to take your little powder, your little nose, you can see You it. can actually see yourself. <laughs> and it was used by the likes of Princess Grace. Oh, I love her. I know. Wasn't she oh beautiful? Oh, my God. Um, Nan Gray was married twice and had two children, and she died of heart failure in 1993 on her 75th birthday. Oh. But on her birthday. Young and on her birthday. I know, but what a beautiful girl. Crazy looking blonde. (laughs) (laughs) March 14th, 1937. After dinner, everyone left but me. I listened to the radio until Jack came to take me to the show with his folks. After the show, we went riding and by Claire's for a minute. I ate supper and Jack took me to work at six. He came down about seven. I read several articles and stories out loud in the McCall's. 
he told me he loved me so many times. Well, that's nice. But the next, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> but the next night, day, there is some Nazi news. On March 15th of 1937, 20,000 people attended an anti-Nazi rally in Madison Square Garden. Oh, Good right. I've seen the footage. Well, this is an creepy. anti-Nazi rally. Oh, Not oh, that okay. You're thinking about the one on George Washington's birthday that's super oh, creepy. It's yeah. super creepy. <clears throat> Ill- yeah, yeah, calling for a boycott okay. of all Nazi goods. All right, which is and, and oh. that's and remember, remember that because not in this episode, mm-hmm. but that's going to come back later as people start boycotting the Nazis. Uh-huh. What they do about it uh-huh. is very interesting. Ooh. We're going to get like to that the, later. What the U.S. does about it? You mean what? Ger- what the Germans oh, do about I see. it? Who suffers because gotcha. of the boycott? Right. Uh-huh. I'm sure I don't have to. I'm sure you've already guessed. And just for me, on this day in 1937, H.P. Lovecraft died. He was an American horror and weird fiction writer. Mm. I love H.P. Lovecraft. Really? I love creepy, scary. Yeah. He's like a master of it. Oh. So if you like scary, scary books, huh. um, get you some H.P. Lovecraft. March 17th, 1937. I rested a while and went to town after coconut and then made some divinity. Divinity. Mm, I know. Damn it. <laughs> divinity. Mother helped me. We went to work at five. Esther called and said that Jed and Margaret were to be married at eight tonight, and they were. Red gone with the wind and went to bed early. Jack is having problems with his tonsils, and it isn't getting any better. So there's her first mention of reading Gone with the Wind, which yeah. is fun. And here's another people who are just spontaneously getting Get married. married. That's so weird. I mean, I guess, you know, the uh, hormones. What? Yeah, well, And they're what? like, I love you, baby. I want to get my hands on you. Oh, you know, back in the days where you uh, Let's get married, married right now. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and stop by the drugstore for a little something. A little. <laughs> Did they even sell those I things? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know how that worked back then. Anyway. <laughs> March 20th, 1937. Went to work my noon hours. Mrs. Hopkins told me to bring some tissue. I went to see Jack. We talked quite a while, and I left about three. Listened to the radio and went to work at five. The folks came back from Cape with lots of new things. Helen gave me a little dog pin. Leon and Francis came up to see me a while tonight. Leon left, but came back. After Leon had gone and cried to come in, so I let him in. I got Dean a permanent for graduation yesterday. March 23rd, 1937. Went to work at 7. We started taking count of all the calls. Went back to work after dinner. Leon was in the office quite a bit, and we talked about the Civil War. Came home with Francis at 5. Francis and I went to Maxine's, and we three walked to the show. No one was there, so we went to Alan's after. Jack was there, but he didn't see me. He came home with his folks. So talking about the Civil War, yeah. that's because she's reading Gone with the Wind. Oh, right, of course. <laughs> and I wonder, you know, considering how you, pe- people like Elizabeth never talked about their lives, did they know that one grandpa was for the North and one I, grandpa I was, was for the South? I was wondering the same thing. I guess they must know. I think so. If it had not, been 60 years, right? Sure. 1865. But did, but did people talk about it? Because yeah. it's kind of like... It's the Civil War. Right. And you might not want to say what side you fought for, especially if you were the big loser. But he lives in Arkansas. So, I mean, come on. He was going to fight for the Confederacy. Well, Missouri, too. But yeah, Missouri, you could have gone either way because of that Missouri compromise. Yeah. So I wonder if that's kind of stuff they talked about. That's a great question. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I'd love to be there on yeah. that conversation. <clears throat> March 27th, 1937. Finished reading Gone with the Wind. Went to... God, that was fast. Okay, hang on. I yeah, didn't really? say that out loud. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Finished... Yeah. Sorry. Finished reading Gone with the Wind. Went to work at 7 and worked until Helen came back at 11. Made chocolate pie filling. Ate dinner and went back at 1 and worked until 5. Muck Hastings came to see me a while. There was excitement. Had to call the sheriff to get Arden Ricketts. He wanted to shoot a man. What? What does that mean? Well, you know I don't have access to her newspaper. Right. But this was such a big deal that it made the um, other newspapers around her. So three break jail at Marble Hill all recaptured. Whoa! Okay, so here a Marble we go. Hill breakout. Uh, this is the second one That's since right. she's lived here. But three men who escaped Saturday night from the county jail at Marble Hill were recaptured by state troopers Percy Little and Glenn Lempe at Whitewater and returned to their cells. One of the prisoners, C.J. Ricketts of Marble Hill, who had been arrested on a minor charge a few minutes before the break, was released after being returned to the jail. The others, Arlen Farless and Leroy Tidwell, both of Poplar Bluff, are charged with automobile set theft. The troopers said the men smashed a door lock to effect their escape. Well, I think this is hilarious. This They call him C.Q. Ricketts of Marble mm-hmm. Hill. He had just been arrested on a minor charge. He's sitting <laughs> there. The other out. guys are breaking out. He's like, I'll go too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but guy. his name is actually Chauncey Arden Ricketts. Mm-hmm. And the Q and the A are real close on the typewriter. Yes. So I wonder if that's why they called him C.Q. Ricketts instead of C.A. <laughs> so Ricketts, yeah, right. which would have been his name, right? They're right there next to each other. The C and the Q? Uh-huh. No, the A and the Q. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So they called him C.Q. instead of C.A. <sighs> but Arden was born right. in April of 1916. I don't know who his parents are. Because in the 1940s, he's living with his grandfather and his aunts and his uncles. Mm. And I couldn't go back and find him to see, like, mm-hmm. where is mom and dad? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he's 20 years old when he's breaking out of jail and trying to shoot somebody. <laughs> and then maybe he decides, I don't want to live there anymore. Because in the 1940 census, he's living in Los Angeles. Oh, he, he registers for the draft. He's working for the electric motor company. And by 1942, he's married a young lady named Patricia. And they'll have two daughters. I don't know what goes wrong, but in 1950, they're living with her parents, Mm -hmm. and then their marriage dissolves. Mm -hmm. I don't know when, because records. But in 1985, Arden is marrying a girl named Alma Feller in Reno, Nevada, Mm -hmm. and he'll only Mm -hmm. live for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. He dies four days after his birthday in 1993. Uh, Just for fun, I looked up anything about his children that I could find, and his oldest daughter, Sheila, ended up going to Stanford University on a full scholarship. So talk about turning that family around Seriously. from jailbreaking <laughs> to, to shoot a, a man, to he a scholar, to shoot somebody. God, I know, right? <laughs> Elizabeth had more tea than the newspaper said because the newspaper didn't say that Chauncey tried to grab a gun oh. and shoot somebody. Oh, okay, she knew this information. Oh, so this right. is when the worlds collide and we get all the info. Mm-hmm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. March 31st, 1937. Came home at 7, swept, mopped, and straightened from 11 to 1. Went to work at 3, went until 7, and Mrs. Cobb came. Jack came by with his folks, and we went to the show. It was green light with Errol Flynn. It was good, but not as much as the book. We took the family home, and Jack came by the office and stayed about an hour. He told me he loves me so much, and I love him a lot, too. He's just so sweet. Goodbye, old March. So that's a good place to yeah. end this week's episode because mm-hmm. they're back in love. Right. <laughs> How long will it last? We just don't know. A day. Um, but hey, but things are looking good. They're back in love. Dad's got a job. Mm-hmm. And of course, they might have to move, but she has another two months before that's even on her radar. Right. She's got a good steady job. I don't know. Maybe she'll get lucky and get to live in Marble Hill while her family moves mm-hmm. if she can make enough money. Mm-hmm. I don't think $105 is enough if she had mm-hmm. to start paying rent right. somewhere or a board fee. But anyway, that's where we're going to leave off. Love Do it. not forget to rate, write, review all the things that we ask you to do. We're everywhere. My Grandma's Diaries on the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok. The TikTok. We have a the, website. We have a website. MyGrandmasDiaries.com. That's right, right. And you can find everything from the website. Yeah. So if you have new friends that you want to introduce to our podcast, send them, that's to, the a, website. Send them to the website. We made it sort of a repository repository for you know all of the information the podcast links the mm-hmm. facebook links all that stuff so go to the website and don't forget to keep sending in your um hi i'm mary from wisconsin mm-hmm. and you're listening to my grandma's diaries yep. and i thought about it more say whatever you want yeah right. uh, you can just say like oh my god my favorite part of the diary is oh, when that, this yeah. happens wouldn't yeah. that be fun yes yes yeah so do that and then we'll see you next week and so also oh. if you've already sent one in you can resend it uh, if I you mean, want to resend, resend another one, like yes, if you did an entry, but now you want to do a, a ah, my more. favorite part is, yeah, yeah, do it, knock yourself out, we love it. All right, see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Kelly from Wilmington, North Carolina, and you're listening to My Grandma's Diaries. <laughs>